Hi, and welcome to Rate That Album, the back and forth uh, podcast about movie, um, movie, music albums. <laughs> Get it together, Paul. God damn it. I'm already thinking about, uh, you know, our cast that movie and a couple of other things we did. Damn it. Damn it. Um, we do uh, music album reviews. Um, as always, it's got myself and my great friend, uh, Joe Fremming. Joe, how you doing, sir? Uh, you really came into that intro like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know this is our party we do what we want all right <laughs> yes we are doing miley cyrus's fourth solo album bangers uh from 2013 what did you think of bangers uh, uh it's a uh it's a mixed bag for me uh, obvious let's just get out of the way I'm not the target audience for this album, and uh, I'd assume you aren't either. Right. But uh, there's things like I really enjoyed, and then there's things I really didn't. Uh, it's uh, it's also interesting. This is what this is like a transitional album too, which I always love with artists where they're going from, uh, you know, kind of growing up and doing different things. You know, because Miley Cyrus before this was probably known mostly for the Hannah Montana shit. Mm -hmm. And then she came out with a club album, like club, you know, party album like this, which is, you know, interesting because, you know, she's taken uh, risks on this. Mm -hmm. that, you know, I mean, she's a she's a she was a Disney superstar. And this kind of is a giant uh, middle finger to the. The super clean, holier than thou Disney pop star elements. So I, I, you know, that shit I can appreciate. You know, even if it's like not my favorite album, I have respect for this album. Yes, and I'm glad you said that because you really nailed a lot of things I wanted to say as well. Um, it's you know, um, it, we are not the target audience. <laughs> Let's put that out there right now. You and I were not the target audience for this album, um, and that's very clear. Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about how we get to bangers, and I think that's a really you know um, important thing. So yes, Miley Cyrus, um, whose real name is Hope Destiny, um, uh, Cyrus. Um, is the daughter of the infamous <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, you mean the pool guy from Mulholland Drive who <laughs> beats up <laughs> Justin Theroux? Yes, I'm sorry, Destiny Hope, not Hope Destiny, Destiny Hope. Yeah, yeah, that guy, the same guy, the same guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a... He, <laughs> what I love about this album came out and, like, it felt like, like, uh, it was kind of like, you know... You know, because she was pretty young. This kid was like a rebellion against like kind of like everything. And then he kind of went off the rails, too. And like, yep. went in like the kind of like the opposite, even more strange. <laughs> Dug his heels in the weird country shit. And it was like, I remember he did like a video and I'm like, I think they're on the same drugs, but they're just on different paths. Yeah, no, it's, you know, that's a really good point. And that, you know, I'm really glad you brought that up. Cause that was something else that came up was, it seemed like that not only was this transitioning, but yes, Billy Ray was going through a crazy time as well. So <clears throat> I'm always very careful. And that's why I said, there's going to be some armchair um, psychiatry here or therapy um, <clears throat> because Miley Cyrus is a child star. And there, it's, there is so many stories there. It comes with baggage, right, Joe? Um, 
you know, you just hear the the horror stories of children that you know were in the music industry or in the um, just the entertainment the, in general. Inter- entertainment in general. And she was in both, right? She was doing music and she was doing TV, and she was really combining it. And well, yes, yeah, well, could have been worse. She could have ended up like Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> Got her own reality show. <laughs> yeah, where the the season ends with her drinking a. <laughs> like a liter of vodka with Gatorade while staring, <laughs> staring at it at, down an alley. <laughs> One of the most jarring things I've ever seen on television. <laughs> and it, and it, they captured it all. Yeah, no, no, that's true. She could have ended up like Danny Bonaduce. Um, <laughs> we. I don't think if those of us are listening to this because it's Miley Cyrus probably has no fucking clue who Danny Bonaduce is. <laughs> Thank, just be happy. Yeah, just he's be like happy the, you don't. He's the he's the poster child of cautionary tales of child stardom. Yeah. So you know Miley also you know was I mean she came out of that Disney churn which also comes with its own baggage. Um, and there's a lot of documented stuff. I'm not going to get into that, but yeah, she started with Hannah Montana, then, then, then the album Hannah Montana two. Um, and then, you know, there was some spinoffs of that. And then really the, 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 the one that came out, I think that was really the first Miley, um, was, uh, give me one second here. Sorry. It was party in the USA. Well, yeah, but I don't remember what the album was. Um, it doesn't matter. That was the one song I get. Yeah. That, that kind of like put her like, uh, outside of the Hannah Montana, like she's making music on her own outside of the persona. Yes. It can't be tamed. That was it. Can't be tamed. Um, I believe is what it was. Um, and that's when she was in that movie, the last song anyways. So Miley has like a really interesting history. Like, did you know that Dolly Parton is her godmother? No, but I mean, she's from a country music family. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't really surprise me, I guess. Like nothing about Miley is really going to shock me. I mean, she's done an album with the flaming lips. So. You're right. not gonna you're not gonna shock me at any point with any information. No, no, and you know, and and, and you and I lo- both love the Flaming Lips, like you know, and so that's I think that's absolutely that's awesome. a good album too. Yeah. It's a great album. It's a great album. Um, so yeah, it's um, you know, there's just there's so much there there, and then you know, she was really trying to get away from um, kind of that, you know, they all do it right, like you you see it. I mean. Th- they don't all do it as successfully as Miley does, but we're going to get into that a little bit, I, I think, because one of the things I th- that I feel with this album getting the bangers is one of the things that I, I that there's things on here that are we can't we can't deny that are really I mean, Wrecking Ball. So many people covered it. It's a huge hit. It's an earworm. It's a great song just in general. I mean, you can't deny what it is you can't deny some of the stuff that's on here but this is the reason why uh this album is why i have a really hard time getting in the pop music this album right here like exemplifies why i thought i wasn't gonna like beyonce's lemonade um because one of the problems with it to me as you said it's a mixed bag it's there's some disingenuousness to it. And we'll get into that. I think as we go through tracks where I'm just like, you know, Miley wrote 12 of the 16 songs on on the, on the, on the album, um, which I, you know, um, 
I, I, that's one of the things I don't like about pop is that I don't want to listen to someone else sing someone else's song, right? Like, write your own songs. I want to hear your music. I want to hear what you're doing. You and I lived through Milli Vanilli. There was a time when artists couldn't get away with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And now it doesn't matter. I mean, like, you know, I just, I mean, if Milli Vanilli had come along 10 years later, they would have been huge and no one would have cared. Um, so I kind of have that issue with it, but there's just there's things in here that comes across disingenuine and there's other things in here that i hear and i go you know this is one of those things where you listen to some of the songs and i go is this a cry for help like is this like a is this like a britney spears um um God, what what was her name amanda uh Bynes, um you know lindsay lohan situation where some of the stuff on here it makes me worried, like, where she was at the time. And, you know, again, it's, this is how many years later, and she's admitted and gone through her own things afterwards. But there were some definite red flags on this album that I was like, okay, this is, like, someone needs to sit down with her and be like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see a lot of that. But, again, at the, when, she, when did this when, – how old was she when this came out? Like, 18, 19? No, no, God, no, because she was born in 19 – she was born in 92, and this came out in 13. So she was in her 20s. 20. She was yeah. 20s. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what 20-year-old has their shit together and isn't going through <laughs> anything? Like, I mean, I can see that, but, like, I mean, we've all had – I mean, she just has different issues than we did because she had, you know, music industry and for one, and then – the abundance of like drugs and fucking money and money and all that mm -hmm. kind of factors. And my big, my thing is with this album is not so much that as, is the reliance on guest spots, which really kind of takes the songs like, uh, just kind of at times just ruins it. Yeah. There's guest spots, there's sampling. Um, there's, um, uh, yes, that takes away from it. Um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, let's, let's, I don't know if you would want to go through track by track. I kind of do, um, if you're all right with that. If you want to, I don't remember all of the tracks, so I'll be a little vague on some of them just because it's just, some of them just kind of blurred together just because it was just like, oh, here's more hip hop you know sampling and which again like a lot of that another thing with pop music when they she's really like leaning into like what was popular in 2012 2013 mm -hmm. like production styles uh, for pop albums that will automatically age it mm -hmm. yes that. so like this already sounds like a decade old even though you know Except for like maybe Wrecking Ball is the only one that didn't really super rely on it. But this to me, a lot of this stuff sounds exactly uh, what Katy Perry did like a few years before with the album that had like was that Sparks song? That yep, was huge. Yep, it just seems like it was like kind of like piggybacking on that style, and that's just I mean that's just going to age it. It's like you go you can go by a decade, and you can if you play a song, you can definitely tell oh that was a pop song in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. 2000s like and that's what i think also hampers a lot of this album oh yes completely agreed and what's really interesting is when it you know when it came out and there's all these accolades and now even going back people credit her for that sound and i'm you know i'm glad you said it because i'm like no there was this sound was there yeah. she didn't she didn't 
create it. She didn't do that, it. That it's, big anthemic pop with the hip hop, like like I said, the Katy Perry sparks. I remember because I was living in Worthington in 2010 from 20 from 2010 to 2012, and I was hearing that song. And this came up well after I moved from Worthington, Minnesota. So, yep, it, it wasn't. In, you know, that was the first thing I thought was Katy Perry's album, but. Yeah, no, completely agree with you. So, and you know, but I also want to bring up that that's something else that happens all the time is, you know, you look at like, say, Madonna. Madonna got credit for supposedly creating all this stuff when really she wasn't. She was just the one that packaged it the best. Yeah. And that's really where I think Miley's thing was where you could sit there and go, oh man, she changed everything. No, she, she was surrounded by people that were smart enough to look at what was going on at the time. And she, I mean, there's talent there that has to be able to do it. And she was able to put it into this prism that just exemplified it for good or bad. Because again, exactly as you said, you know, when you listen to pop music, that's one of the things you could tell what decade it's coming from because the way it was produced. Yeah. Um, I will give it because, you know, this was like, you know, it's kind of like this album was to kill her old image. Oh, 100%. Again, again like, I appreciate, I, I love transitional albums. Like, they're just, they, they're always fascinating to me. Like, this, or, like, if you listen to, like, Hunky Dory by Bowie, or, you mm-hmm. know, Rubber Soul by the Beatles. Like, when you see these pop artists, like, really t- attempting to do something different and ballsy, I fucking just, that shit just fascinates me. Because it's just like it's such a high risk thing, and when it pays off, it's like really enjoyable. And unfortunately, this for me was a mixed bag. But I, I'm not the audience. I'm sure that her fans love. This is probably their favorite album. Yeah. So this is this is this is one of her more um, critically acclaimed albums. It's actually not, if I remember correctly, Plastic Hearts. I think is commercially her best album. Yeah. Um, which came out uh, last year, the year before, came out in 2020. But that commercially was like her best album. Um, but yes, influentialized and just when everyone was talking about Miley, this really brought it up, right? I mean, and we when talk- you think of Miley, this is the album. This is this the, is the album. You think about yeah. Mm-hmm. And can we say her fucking voice is amazing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like absolutely. holy shit! Like I was not expecting that, but like. Like, I kind of knew because, like, you know, with their stuff with the flaming lips, I really loved her cover of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Mm-hmm. But this is, like, when she lets it out, like, holy shit, like, she has, like, a vocal range where she can do any genre she wants. She tries to do it here, again, to mix results, for me at least. But, yeah, she has one of those voices where she could do a country album, a pop album, a fucking, you know like an Amy Winehouse type album, like throwback out. Like she could just do whatever she wants. Cause she has that unique voice that I, I really love. And I, I'm kind of like interested in hearing what more she has to offer. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that's one of the things that really, I think for me drives the album down, unfortunately is I feel like tonally, yeah. It, it, you know, I mean, again, she was dealing with a lot of things I want to bring up a little bit more here. I mean, she was going through at the time. I mean, Wrecking Ball, there's no, I mean, it was all about Liam Hemsworth. Um, you know, there was the thing with her trying to change uh, her image. The lesser Hemsworth. <laughs> yes, yes, the lesser Hemsworth. The non for uh, Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the fatty of the Baldwins, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Billy Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's the Billy of the group. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, there was just there was a lot of things going on. And I think it was ambitious for her to try and I think put this all out there. But I think what, as you said, it came out as a mixed bag. Um, I feel like there was there wasn't a lot of I mean, there wasn't a lot of focus. I mean, yeah. granted, it's great. I mean, you know, again, I, I harped on it a little bit where I said she only wrote 12 of the 16 songs, but that's more than what some other pop stars do. <laughs> so yeah, that was like my too. Like it just if it had more focus to it, where it was more cohesive, I think it would have worked a lot better. At least for me. But again, I I'm not the audience. I'm yep. just some dude. So <laughs> yeah, no, well, let's, no. Let's no, get I, into the tracks, Paul. So, you know, let's open with, with with Adore You, which was interesting and I think was an interesting play because, again, I really want to bring up what was going on. The singles for this were Wrecking Ball, We Can't Stop, and I think it was Do My Thing, I think it was, were like the three um, ones that came up beforehand. And so people were expecting this thing. And then it opens with Adore You, which is a very pretty song. I mean... It, it's a love song, you know. Um, it's a bad and opening song. <laughs> for because you and I, always, we talk a lot about sequencing songs. Mm-hmm. You got to start an album off with a bang, and you you started off with a ballad. Like I popped this on when I was driving last week, and I was like, "Oh, this is a bad song to begin an album yeah. called Bangers with." Right. Right, yeah, it was just it was it was. This is the opposite of a banger. <laughs> yeah, and I think it threw it threw me off. It threw you off because you know you you have an idea of what this album's going to be, and it opens with "Adore You," and I think that was. Honestly, I think that was somewhat by design. I think it was. I think there's a lot of packaging going on with this album, and, and we'll get in that as we you know as we go a little bit further. The next one is "We Can't Stop." I had a problem with this song when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good song, but it's not like it's the most depressing um, party anthem I've ever heard. Like it's not about more so like like in my mind when I listen to the song, it's not about partying. It's more about like I picture like it's the end of the night, like five, six, seven o'clock in the morning and like people want to stop partying and like they like they can't like this was one of those things where i was like this is more of like i i thought at the time when it was coming out and maybe it still is was kind of a song about like partying too much in a way because it's so low-key for a party song well i mean they're not addicts paul they just they just can't stop Right, right, right. I mean, the, the name of the song, I'm not addicted to this coke. I just can't stop snorting it. You know? yeah, it's literally we can't stop. And you know, and it, again, it's you know, we're gonna get in this uh, later, later down the road. But you know, I mean, this is part of that sampling coming in and ripping things off, which is part of the hip hop thing. Or you know, I mean, she's la da dee da dee. You know, she's doing slick Rick. Um, you know, yeah. and um. But some of the, uh, you know, uh, some of the lyrics are juvenile in the way, like, you know, um, everybody's in line in the bathroom trying to get a line in the bathroom. You rhymed bathroom with bathroom. And this happens a lot in this album where <laughs> she rhymes instead of rhyming because she's trying to do like a hip hop thing in, with it or like a, you know. Let's just say the caveat to my thing that she can do just about any genre uh, the caveat is she she should not be doing hip hop, right? It's yeah. not her. Str- 
strong it's not suit. a strong suit. I mean, it's like, just, yeah, just don't. Yeah, just, just don't. And I mean, and one of the, you know, that's, you know, you know, no, um, you know, I understand it, she can't stop, but maybe she should. Because <laughs> you don't have that, you're not spitting that fire. You're right. spitting confusing rhymes. Right. And and this happens throughout the entire album. Like, this is a precedent throughout the entire album. I mean, at one point, she rhymes, she ends, uh, you know, everything with bitch four times. And I know that's not unheard of. But at the same time, it's it's so boring, you know? It's like, oh, my God. So, yeah, like, when I hear the song, We Can't Stop, and then it's this. And, like, this, you know, there's this really low-key, there's, like, an underlining tone. And I don't know if she was trying to say something, like, hey, we can't stop. And, you know, and I really think that there was some kind of subconsciousness to this because she later did come out and was like, yeah, I had to go to rehab. <laughs> like, like, you know, and she's successfully been through rehab um, and still is clean. But, yeah, I think this is was. She? I mean, I guess I don't know. Um, air. Uh, according to her, she still is. She started drinking again during. Um, during oh, yeah, that's a. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's obviously clean. You know, if you're an addict, drinking's all right. Well, she said she started drinking again during um during COVID isolation, but she hasn't touched anything else. So I don't know, like her problem yeah, was alcoholism. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, right. I don't know if her problem I'm, was alcoholism. It's like people but. I know, like I'm sober, but I just still smoke pot. Like, I mean, I sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're technically not sober, but. If that's all you're, you know, yeah, it's that minimalization, you know, thing yeah, that we do. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that rationalization. But again, I can't sit there and say that, you know, she went in because she was an alcoholic, right? Like, yeah, I know. It could have been the lines. It could have been the, you know, she sings a lot about fucking ecstasy on this album. <laughs> yeah, but ecstasy is not really habit form. <laughs> like, right. again, it's just like, it, I just, uh, yeah, just like, don't say you're clean if you're fucking imbibing and intoxicants it's just it makes you seem stupid <laughs> there you go so then <laughs> and a liar a dirty liar <laughs> a dirty dirty liar um i don't care so, how many batteries you have for your dildo millie <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of dildos for the batteries for the dildos let's get the sms bangers yeah. <laughs> it's uh uh, I didn't actually mind, and I like the sample of "Push It" by <laughs> Salt and Pepper on here. Oh God, that was so. Yeah, yeah. There's a yep. There's sampling from Salt and Pepper, which you know, I I don't know. It threw me off because at the same time, that's such an iconic song, and if you're gonna use something like that, you really got to bring your A game to the song. Um, Is it still iconic? I think that's more of a an artifact from our time, Paul. I, like, I, I don't think I don't I, think a lot of people this in this day and age know Salt and Pepper. <laughs> I think everyone knows. Like, if I'm gonna be honest, I don't think Miley Cyrus's fans have any fucking clue who Salt and Pepper are. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, uh, Push It's but just one of those songs. I mean, it's still played on the radio for Christ's sakes. Um, are you listening to Paul? Paul, your your playlists are not the radio. That's yeah, that's not, yeah, that's true. No one listens to the radio anymore. All right, fair enough. <laughs> your, your playlist on your phone is not the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this gets to the first guest, Britney Spears, who is. I, I I don't know this this goes back to like the iced tea thing that we had with um um Black Sabbath with Black Sabbath which was why because <laughs> it's so little like was yeah it which is 
I think a Brittany Miley combo would be a lot more memorable than this. Like I didn't even know Brittany was on this until I'm looking at the, 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 the thing on Wikipedia here. Like no clue. No clue. Right. Was Britney Spears. right. The producer, Mike will made it, um, should have known that this could have been like, holy shit. Like in my mind, when I hear Britney Spears and Miley Cyrus doing a song together, I'm immediately going, we got co-tours going on, you know, we got the Miley Cyrus Britney Spears tour going on, you know, we, we need to make, and you got the song is the, it's the, it's the name of the fucking album and it should be like the boom track and it's not, you know, it's not well, it bad. It bangers a lot. So at least it's telling us what it is. <laughs> bangers, 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 bangers. <laughs> And this goes back to where, again, a lot of this album is a lot of repetition, which is just... Well, that's just club music in general, so I, I, I'm not going to fault it too much with that. Yeah, no, but that's... But again, it's not made for you and I, but that's just, again, my nitpick with it is... Whew. Then we get to 4 by 4 I like this song, actually. <laughs> so... So, it's like okay. again, it plays to her strength. She's from. It's like a country hip hop song, which is country hip hop is a genre I fucking despise. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, this at least it, it worked for me. I you know it kind of showcased her vocals. It showcased uh, pretty well. Vocals. Yep, yep. Uh, Nelly was a it was a weird addition, but I didn't. I was all right with that. Uh, can I say? I mean, I mean, even though this came out almost ten years ago, I forgot about Nelly. <laughs> yeah, I forgot him. I haven't I haven't thought about Nelly since Country Grammar came out, and that was like what two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, think that I was assumed like, he was dead. I I just assumed he kind of just did his own thing. Was maybe working at like a you know a, a, an In and Out, um, so, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, no. And Nelly was a weird choice for this. One of the things again, I know it's club music, but this isn't really a club song, and there's just so much repetition with it. Around and around and away we go. Round and round and away we go. Round and, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> she, also, she also sings about pissing her pants. Yeah, she sings about pissing her pants, and um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean that's solid gold right there. Yep. And, and, and she she's 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 a Southern rebel. Let's not forget that she's a rebel girl. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like. You know, this, uh, it's just, Actually, like I would like this a lot more if they cut out the the hip hop beats and I mean just cut Nelly out. I think it would have been a stronger song, but whatever. She was going for something. She was going for something. This is where the tonal thing. Like I just don't feel like this is one of the songs I didn't feel like fit on the album. Right? Like, yeah. ugh. next we get to my darling with future. I hated this song. So I much. hated this song. Uh, I think. Uh, let, let's cue up Jay-Z's Death to Auto-Tune. Wait, we don't have the rights for that. Yeah, I know we don't, but yeah. yeah, it. But yeah, that'd been so perfect to play right there. I know, I know. What, wouldn't it if we had, had the rights to Death of Auto-Tune? No, I, I can, I can kind of do it if I do it auto-tune so we don't... Ah, nah, nah. <laughs> hey. Oh, God. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, this was... Um, okay. Going back to kind of like where I felt with like the bangers, the song bangers. If you're going to sample something or use something from someone else's thing, you got to bring it better. Going, trying to sample or trying to redo Stand By Me. Um, oof. Yeah. Oof. That's. Yeah, no, that didn't work, especially you're doing it as an auto tune with Future and it just sounds like a robot vomiting all over my brain. 
Yeah, and like we're gonna make a movie. We're gonna make a movie in three D. I was like, what are you? What? Like what? Like a lot of the, this is one of my things. It's like I know this is a transition album. She was going through a lot. I was expecting, you know, uh, I mean, you had things like Wrecking Ball, and you know, you had things like We Can't Stop, where the music was really, you know, conveying some stuff. And then you get, I really felt like this one was really devoid of any type of logic. Yeah, yeah, logic or narrative or what I didn't. Yeah, I this didn't. was this like I, I listened to this album a few, quite a few times, and after the first listen, this was the only one I skipped over. Yeah, this was not good. As um, soon as it came on, I, I like you know, fuck off, like fuck you. All it made me want uh-huh, is fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> what this really made me want was a it was a proper Stand By Me cover by Miley Cyrus by herself. Yeah. Like no, I was like, I, there's still I, time. There's yeah, still time. I would listen to that. Okay, now Wrecking Ball. Obviously, this is the highlight. This is my favorite out. Like you know, if there's a few things I'd probably put on. There's only like maybe like one or two other tracks on this album, but that I like. But this is probably the only one I'd put on a, on a mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just a solid fucking song. It's like, somebody going through some shit and being very like open about it. Mm-hmm. Like yes, and it it rocks. It's it, it it's. It, I mean, there there's nothing I don't think you and I can add to the conversation on Wrecking Ball that hasn't already been said. No, it no, is it's just a, a fantastic fucking song. It's, it's a fantastic fucking song, and it breaks my heart that this is one of the four songs that she didn't write. Um, like that was really defeated for me because I was like, that's awesome. And then you find out she wasn't one of the writers on it. <laughs> you go, no. no, it's that's life, Paul. Life is full of disappointments. Life is full of disappointments. Um, then we yeah, I just to... yeah, this will that'll go on a that and probably four by four. I'll put on mixes just because four by four, just because nobody will see that one coming. <laughs> no, no one will see that one coming. You can like four by four. I did not. I I thought uh, you know on the album. I, maybe it's because it was on this album. That I just might my, my, again. I went from adore you to then all of a sudden, like three tracks later, I'm at four by four, and I'm going. I got fucking whiplash. <laughs> like when this came well, you're on, just rubbernecking too much, Paul. You're <laughs> rubbernecking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we get to the next one that she did write, "Love Money Party" featuring Big Sean. Oh, yeah. and this is like another. You know, this is a club song. Yeah, these are songs that it's not even clubs. Like these songs, I heard played in like all over uh every bar i've been to from worthington to bemidji to moorhead minneapolis like these are the songs that people just love to get fucked up to so obviously it's not my thing but i there is the appeal yeah i just thought this was just a vapid song (laughs) so did i was like uh love ain't love but nothing but when when it's love Money ain't nothing except when money and you got the money and money and and then and then it's just love money party and it's it's very vapid. There's nothing going on there. I will say that you know again some of the musical hooks, uh, some of the arrangements in it are really really catchy. Like I get it. Like yes, but you know when you're listening to it to listen to an album and you go whoa, <laughs> like no, <laughs> yeah, no. I I just like that was one of those my eyes just glassed over. Like ah uh, okay. Yep, so that's a this exists. <laughs> so get it right 
I had it right because when I heard this one, I was like, okay, this is one of the songs she didn't write. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah, this was Feral Williams. Yeah, and this is like tonally for like, just, whatever. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah for, without Marvin Gaye, so fuck him. So fuck him. But um, uh, you know, this was just one of those things. Where I'm like, just like the words, the lyrics, the things like that didn't match up with like the rest of the of some of the songs on there. And I was a like, hashtag song. Yeah, what, what the fuck? Like you know, again, like, that. Again, dating it, <laughs> you know, this is just dating this album. Um, you know, it's, it, yeah, I didn't, I don't, I don't know. Get it right was serviceable. It was serviceable. Yeah, uh, again, these are just like club songs. Like <clears throat> they're good for that. They're these are good strip club songs, I guess. Too. I I just I, don't I, like strip clubs. So yeah, no. <laughs> I, let's get to drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So dr- drive. I like this one. I actually like this song. Like I thought, okay, this to me was like like the 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 other highlight of the album. Actually, I really enjoy drive. I don't remember what was it like. I guess like these all kind of blend together it was it was it wasn't that blend together it's just like it was just i i, I listen to these when i'm driving so it's kind of hard there was one song i think it was either driver fu that kind of had like an amy winehouse vibe i felt it was this one where like she was talking about dropping off the keys in the morning yeah 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 yes. yeah yes yeah. this one yeah. i really liked yeah dropping the keys off in the morning yeah that was this was a good one thanks for yeah. jar, jarring my memory i was all discombobulated about your Crippling addiction to strip clubs. <laughs> it's that and speed two cruise controls to do things I can't control in my life. I need to go to I need to go to rehab for speed two and strip clubs. Um, so. You live an interesting life, my friend. <laughs> Sometimes I bring speed two into the strip club. Um, so, um, yeah, no, Drive was a great song. Like, yeah, this was very, I love how you said that, very Amy Winehousey. Yeah, um, yeah, that just kind of like, you know, kind of a throwback with your vocals, of, it felt like a throwback to like Winehouse and like that 60s. Yes. Kind of vibe. 100%. Um, then there's FU featuring French Montana, who I've never heard of before or since. Um, I've heard of, I just not familiar enough to, you know, I, I've seen like the albums or maybe or come across it like reading my stupid nerdy music yeah. sites, but that's probably the extent. That's the extent. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not. Oh, no, well, I looked at he's the founder of Coke Boy Record Boys Records. So, all right, all right, <laughs> you Paul, what's your take on you from the founder of Coke Boys Productions? Um, not my thing. Um, I didn't really like this one. This is one of those ones that like when it came on, I was listening to it. I really just wanted to skip over. Um, didn't do anything for me. Um, you know, it, like I started off, if I remember, this is the one where she starts singing. Um, and then it's like right in the beginning and then it's, then she stops to speak and then you did what you wanted to do. And now I'm crying. You know, it was like, uh, you know, it, I don't know. It didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Me either. Like, <clears throat> I barely remember it. Yeah. It it uh it didn't stand out. No. Yes, so. No. Um do my thing. Um I I don't know. I this one felt like it was trying too hard, you know, like I like, think I think a lot of it is, is you know, appealing to you know, club Mm-hmm. Club shit, and uh, you know that's not my thing. Yeah, it's not but, my thing. Uh, but, I'm you gonna... know, I yeah. Again, like 
these songs aren't bad. They're, like they're mixed bag, but I I still give her credit because she's doing something outside her wheelhouse, and I just I'd rather have artists do that. Yeah, than just rely on you know the same old, same old. Because uh, I nothing worse than artists becoming stagnant for me. So this is the one thing that like this is the this is one of the songs I actually talked about earlier, which is the well, I'm just gonna say the lyrics here. Bang bitch, you think I'm strange, bitch. It's bananas like a fucking orangutan, bitch. Don't worry about me, I'm all arranged, bitch. Mind your business, stay in your lane, bitch. Like, like well, I mean, it was, is this crow written by Freddy Krueger? <laughs> right? Right, because he loved that word. Freddy Krueger <laughs> loved bitch. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, welcome you know, to hell, bitch. bitch. <laughs> no, welcome to prime time, bitch. That's what it was. Welcome to prime well, time. The, was the Rick and Morty Friday oh, yeah. character? You just <laughs> scary Steve or something? You yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, scary Terry. Gary Terry's. <laughs> Everything ended with the word bitch. Yep. We were the bitch. Yes, Gary Terry. <laughs> you can run and you can hide. <laughs> Come out. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean, this was just one of those. Again, I know it's a club song, but this is just one of those things that, like, it was so repetitive lyrically that, again, when you're trying to listen to it, like you said, as you're driving, you're going through things. I'm not the demographic. But really, it was just like, okay, um, yep, no, no, now is not the time to be listening to this. Like, if I was in a club or something, probably would be a lot better. But when you're just kind of driving, you're going through, no, this just for me, like, wasn't, just wasn't it. Um, then you got Maybe You're Right, which, I don't know, I, I didn't mind this one. This one was a little bit more retrospect, like, introspective. Like, I felt this was one of those songs that um, she was trying to say something again. Uh, I think this had a lot to do with, you know, I felt like it was a little bit more open, honest. Like, this is one of those ones um, that I felt was a little bit more um, lyrically deep. And she was trying to say something here. So, I, 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 I didn't mind this one. Yeah, I didn't mind it either. Um, then you had someone else. Which ended the album. Yep. Um, and that to me it was forgettable. Like I, do, I honestly don't remember that one. Yeah, I, it it ended, it, and then there was the bonus tracks. I I didn't really get too deep into those just because. So I just again, it's just not my it's not my kind of genre. So I we just discussed said we we're gonna discuss the regular tracks and not the bonus. So I yep. turned it off after someone else. No, you know, that's fine. You know, and for me the only one I could the only album I could find on my music streaming service was the deluxe edition. Oh yeah. So, same here, same here. But like I looked on the Wikipedia where the actual album ended. And I was just playing because I was driving right. So I just I want to talk about number sixteen, which was Hands in the Air featuring Luda. Um, <laughs> how is Luda still relevant? How does anyone do anything with Luda anymore? Luda, because, who's in the hugest movie franchise of this era with the Fast and Furious, that Ludacris, <laughs> that Ludacris, that yeah. Ludacris. I had uh, no idea he was still making music. Honestly, like, you know, I, remember I gotta, when he played Saint Cloud State and he had to do a censored set? No. Yeah, he played uh, Saint Cloud State. I think the year before I went, so like 2005. And like, so they, he had to do a, they, he wasn't allowed to swear. So like, he had to do it like the clean version of his albums. Which, you know, so yeah, I remember that being a little uproar. 
Interesting. Which so, is weird because I went to a lot of other things at St. Cloud State, notably Kevin Smith, and he wasn't shy on dropping F-bombs. So. <laughs> you know, well, and I saw Weird Al at St. Cloud State. And he, and he, F-bombs. he didn't, F-bombs. F-bombs everywhere. Weird Al is just known for dropping those F-bombs. F-bombs everywhere. Um, no, funny story that was he hired this local comic. And the local comic was still beyond for like, you know, like, uh, like 45 minutes, but he didn't realize that the local comic was not a clean comic. So he was like, um, I'm gonna have to really like change a lot of my jokes while I'm up here, guys. And he's like, actually only on for like 20 minutes. Um, so there was like 25 minutes of like, like just nothing going on. <laughs> so I thought that was a funny story. But the reason why I bring this up was hands in the air. Luda comes on in this song. And sings about Luda. Absolutely nothing about what's going on in the song, about how Luda's still in the game, how he's got everything on lock, how he created the business, how he created this, and everyone fucking loves Luda. And then he then it goes right back to Miley. And I went, <laughs> why? That's amazing. <laughs> I love that so much. I mean, I, I shit you not. It's nothing but just like Luda fucking amazing. Luda, Luda, Luda. And I'm awesome. And then... And end of end of Luda rap. Like I was just like, what the what Look, the man, fuck? You bring Luda in the studio, you're gonna get Luda. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you know the dangers are going in. Like it, it, it hilariously reminded me of um of that SNL skit where Luda comes in and he brings in um Andy Samberg to be like this awesome rapper, and he's like Rap game, rap game. I got my rap game. Like, you know, things about absolutely nothing that they wanted him to like rap about. This is exactly that. Like, it was the irony was 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 ridiculous. Like the song is kind of like you know, dreaming about things are. I climbed, a, I climbed under the crowds, clouds, scared to look down. I remember when I was all alone, nobody around to hold me down. But you're here with me tonight. Look at what you found. Like, okay, then you got Luda. It's go hard or go home, and ain't no one looking back. My toughest enemies in the mirror. Who are you looking at? I'm top five, dead or alive, one of the best in rhyme. If I ever take a seat, I stood the test of time. Every verse, every song, every feature I was on. Better know I abused it. If I die before my time, I'll still be living through my music. I cracked the industry open, but I still got this shit on lock. Even on the highway up to heaven, Ludas will still be on top. And then it goes right back. And it's like, what What just, did I have a stroke? Like, 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 like did it, did, did Am I listening to the radio and like a Luda song came in and then just and then went back to a Miley song? Like it's the most jarring thing. I just it, that's right, it, that's it right was, Paul. He's a troublemaker. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Luda big in the trouble. Um, you know he. Well, I mean he does not forget Bill O'Reilly did get him kicked off of his Pepsi uh, uh, promotion. So you know there is that. And that's when the cancel culture was okay. Yeah, that's when, yeah, that's when cancel culture was okay. That's yeah, that's that's when Fox News is okay with cancel culture. Get Luda off of there. <laughs> okay. Well, no, now cancel culture is bad. <laughs> yeah, I just I thought that was hilarious. Like just um just ridiculous. So um yeah, that's the album. Um now 
I really, I hammered Miley, I feel like, a lot. And I really want to say that, you know, again, as things have come around, you know, in interviews, things like that, she's, you know, uh, you know, she's she's toned down. Um, now, I don't want to say she toned down like she was out of control here, like there's anything to tone down about. But again, like a lot of this album to me felt like an identity crisis, felt like um, there. Well, I there think was- a lot of that is an identity crisis because she mm-hmm. was getting older and, uh, you know, wanting to get rid of that image of Hannah Montana. Uh, some of it's just like, well, that's a, there's gotta be a better way to do that. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it's her, all, like, you know, it's her life. Yep. There's a lot of songs in here that reference. I mean, again, I'm not old or I'm not, I'm not whatever, you know, that reference that outright reference, you know, um, you know, that she sings about Molly several times in several different songs. And, you know, that's fine. Whatever. Like that, that, you know, that's not that big of a deal. Um, it's just, I don't, you know, you don't really find it as blatant as this. So I thought that was kind of interesting and for shock value. Um, and that's, you know, where I kind of want to wrap this up. I feel like that, like, with, there is some identity crisis here, but this also feels somewhat disingenuine because I feel like this was part of a marketing ploy. Like this was in control this whole time that you're going to have this image of an out of control Miley Cyrus that was in the veins of again an amanda Bynes that was in the veins of a, of a britney spears that were getting a shit ton of attention for being completely on the uh, you know for being a spectacle of going off the rails of oh my god what are we going to see next like it was this really gross atmosphere that we still see today with a lot of you know instead of you know when, when someone comes out um you know i think um that uh that mockumentary that turned out to be the mockumentary i'm still here um with uh um with uh joachim phoenix right where all these people are watching him kind of go off the rails and the one fucking person is uh edward james almost who says are you okay do you need help out of that entire movie he is the only person that ever went are you okay do you need help and i feel like that this was somewhat disingenuous of creating that spin and that atmosphere of what we're gonna see next with miley like, oh my God, we need to make Miley look like she's off the rails, like she's going to be out of control, that she's headed down this downward spiral and get all the attention on her and do all these things. And I feel like, you know, either either it was and she turned it around into a beautiful 180 and is doing great, or B, which is more what I'm leaning towards, is this was a really, really great production media um, circus that they were able to spin around and create this kind of this short-term persona to number one, shed the, what was the Hannah Montana, create this kind of thing and then allow her to kind of be herself. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't think it's as nefarious as that. I think she was just a 20 year old who, uh, you know, wanted to shed her past image and also, fucking drugs do change how you think, oh, and God, how yeah. you act, and all that. So, I think I'm leaning more. It was just she wanted to do something else and kind of became a train wreck. I don't think it was calculated in any way. I think, you know, here's the thing: music industry doesn't really they they don't like taking chances. And like, if she would have done something that cost them the bottom line, it, it, what's the point for them? You know, like. I mean, this album just seemed like it was a risk in general. Yeah, absolutely. Financial risk for them because, like, it's not more of the same, which, again, record industries, their only job is to make money. 
They don't care about artistic integrity. They don't give yep. a shit about any of that. That's a so good I think point. this was her just going through a fa- a weird phase in her life, and it just happened to be caught on an album. And that's because then, then she moved on to make an album with the Flaming Lips, which didn't sell shit. Yep. I mean, it's, you know, I don't think it's as an eff- I think she was just going through a transitional period. And I don't think it's like this whole marketing well, ploy to make her seem. And if know, I've been. It, 20 years old and fucked up on shit and you know it's just that's what it is (laughs) she's just under the the spotlight of cameras and all that and and you know and if that's and and, you know i'm gonna go with you on that i'm gonna say i'm I'm gonna agree with you on that which is fantastic because this is actually like a really feel-good story because not a lot of people get the turnaround when they're in that situation that miley did yeah and that is not a lot of people do and that is fantastic i mean i think she just she was able to Turn right that ship a little bit. I mean, it's not like she was doing something. I mean, yeah, she went off the rails a bit and like was, yeah, but I just, I think that's just, you know, being young and stupid and full of fucking chemicals, like that shit just happens, man. And like she just had the unfortunate situation of being famous. Yep. <laughs> you know and, what I mean? Like that's, that's just not, and I'm glad she was able to, you know, kind of pull herself out of that because that's, like, it's fun in games until it's not fun. Right, right. And, you know, when you see this with, with childhood stars and people that have been, you know, childhood in the entertainment industry, you don't see a good turnaround like you do with this. I mean, you know, this is a woman who has gone around. Or I shouldn't even say woman um, because she's gender neutral. Um, this is a person that has come out and done a lot for the LGBT community. Um, LGBTQ community um, has... Um, done a lot um with uh you know um uh philanthropy i mean she has done a lot of charity um she has given a lot of um for benefits and you know had kind of the 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 hippie uh founder of the the hippie happy hippie foundation where she you know uh, goes and raises money against homeless um homelessness um you know vulnerable youth vulnerable populations, LGBT, LGBT, uh, you know, it's really some fantastic stuff um, that she has kind of, you know, really put out and have contributed to. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely fantastic to see someone go from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things there because I really wanted to get into Miley because I think. The whole Miley Cyrus story itself is maybe a little bit more interesting. I think Bangers was a really interesting snapshot into, as you said, it was caught, right? Like this particular instance of her life, of this change, this snapshot in in this person's life was caught. And it really, you know, it captured the attention of, I mean, of a lot of people. I mean, again, in 2013, she was on Time Magazine's list of, of, of people of the year. That's how much of a big deal she was when this album came out. And I think people forget just how much she was everywhere at the time. Yep. I agree. I agree. And I just saw that Dr. Luke was a producer on Wrecking Ball, and that's kind of gross. Yeah. That's that's very gross. Yeah. Do we talk about Dr. Luke real quick since uh, the one with the audience? Uh, I really don't want to get into a rapist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Dr. Luke's a rapist. Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Joe, would you recommend bangers? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting list and it's, it's, it's not great, but it, 
it's taking chances. So I would say, you know, see if it's your thing or not. Just to, if you like club music, you'll probably really like this. So um, I, I'm going to say, you know, no, I'm going to say no. And the reason why I'm going to say no is the big hits off this album you've heard. The songs that need to be heard, Wrecking Ball, We Can't Stop, you know, um, the two main big songs off this album that are really can't miss songs um, are you've heard, like they're out there, you're, you're going to know them. Um, if you, yes, if you're going to go out to the club, you're probably going to hear one or two of these songs. I don't feel it's consistent enough of a club album uh, to put on i feel like there's a lot of lulls like this is one of those things where you know when you're at a club or like you're at a party and i used to do i mean you know i used to play um in a, in a house band at a particular house in the basement where we would play while people would party and and do things um you want to have a set you want to have music that you don't you know especially you're gonna put this on like a, as like an album or put this on um um a you know you stream it right there's gonna be a lot of lull points so you're going to be going through and you're going to have someone, you know, do, switching the track, switching the track, switching the track. Um, so, no, I, I, I can't just because it's so inconsistent. Like, yes, there's club songs on here that are great for clubbing. There's things on here that maybe you would like, like four by four. Right. But it doesn't fit the rest of the album or drive. It doesn't fit the rest of the album. Um, so, no, Joe, I think we're going to actually disagree on this. And I'm going to say, no, I don't recommend the album. I recommend songs off of it. All right. Yeah. truly continue your patriarchy there, Paul. Let's, <laughs> let's not recommend a female artist. All right. <laughs> you. That's not God. it at all. Oh, yeah. well, God, I already we're already canceled, Paul. God. No. <laughs> Fuck you. No. Why just you want me to recommend I just got banned on Twitter for this. I <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to do you want me okay? Do you want me to go back and I'll change my recommendation for no, a little No, <laughs> no <laughs> I just <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I just, I, there's just, it's too inconsistent for me. This is just one of those albums that like all the way through, I was rubber, like you said, I was rubbernecking. I was just, I was, you know, taken in and out. Like it just, yeah. the flow wasn't there. So no, like I just recommend this because there's some interesting things on the tracks that aren't hits that I thought was, you know, could have been better if it was more focused. Like there's just parts and things that throughout it that I thought were interesting. So that's why I would. Yes, I will agree with you. There are parts and things that are interesting with it. I just don't know if it's interesting enough that I could recommend it. Because as you said, there's things in there that if it was more focused could have been great. And I think, you know, you'll I think the audience, at least you know, from my recommendation, you'll be like where I was, where it's like I was let down because I was like, oh, that's so close to being really good, but it didn't reach it. And instead it just kind of was like made me more like, oh man, what could that have been? Oh, here. Just remember, ladies, even if you have a number one U.S. Billboard Top 200 album, Paul's not going to recommend it. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I would recommend Plastic Hearts. I'd recommend any day, any day of the week, I'd recommend oh, Miley, Miley Cyrus and her dead tune. pets. <laughs> no, any day of the week, I would recommend yeah. Miley Cyrus and her dead pets. You know, like, you know, uh, you know, ladies, 
even if you're three time platinum with an album, Paul's not gonna recommend. Oh my god! Yeah, just like I didn't recommend Beyonce. Uh, <laughs> no, no, really. I mean, if you want to listen to a Miley Cyrus album all the way through and get some really interesting stuff, then yes, do Miley Cyrus and her Dead Pets. That is a fantastic album. That I would recommend. Six Ways from Sunday. There's just so much there. It's nine. It's an hour and a half fucking excursion of Miley at like her absolute. I, I love it. I mean, you, you, yeah. So that's my take on it. So there, there, there's my piece. Yeah, listen to Dead Pets instead. Yeah, listen to the album that didn't go triple platinum. Everybody, you're <laughs> <Shut the laughs> such a shit. Listen to the album that sold like 200 units. <laughs> Oh, Paul has to be like that indie hipster guy, you know, like, oh, you gotta listen to the album nobody likes. <laughs> no, no, like I said, <laughs> I'm done defending myself. I said my thing. The audience knows what I was saying. You've heard the hits off this album. The hits on the hits on this album are amazing, but it doesn't go much deeper than that. Um, all right, Joe, plugs, you pig fuck. <laughs> what are you and Joe doing at the Joe Down? <laughs> we just uh we just released our uh first uh blog of the year we did the matrix oh yeah it was uh you know awesome when it came out and then when i rewatched it it didn't love it didn't make any fucking sense but <laughs> still stands up a bit and then uh up next we're watching the steven seagal classic hard to kill oh god oh is that the one that killed his career i don't know I thought Under Siege 2 killed his career, no, honestly. Or no, maybe, like, going to Russia and praising Putin. That didn't help either. <laughs> or becoming no. a big fat guy. That didn't help his action career. Uh, hang on. Or being hated by everybody who's ever made a movie with him. That didn't no, help his career. I, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was On Deadly Ground. On Deadly Ground was the one that killed his career. Okay. Nope. Um, yeah, On Deadly Ground was, like, the one that he produced and he starred in and he created a production company for and was like gonna be like this big thing and then it just fucking it like swept the razzies and it's basically now like his straight to dvd or straight to video movie production like everything after deadly ground is like why all steven seagal's movies went like straight to fucking video and stopped being seen in theaters so i was thinking on deadly ground okay yes hard to kill i know which one that is Oh man, that is you're you're a better man than I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's mindless action, I guess. It it it's not a lot of heavy thinking with a Steven Seagal movie, so. No, and you know, I will say of all of his movies, I think it's one of his best. <laughs> I mean, Under Siege is solid, the first one. Under Siege was solid. God, which one was it? It was um He's on the submarine with Gary Busey. Yeah, no, no, I know that one. I'm just trying to think of which one it was with the with the with the with the duo of villains that were the Rastafarians. Um, was that above the law? Um, I think you're making things up. <laughs> no, no, it's the ones where, like, you think he kills the killer, but it turns out he has a twin. Um, anyways, it was a really good movie. I, I'll have to look that one up. But yeah, no, it was a really good. It was a really good Steven Seagal movie. Um, so, which is you know any any Steven Seagal movie is gonna be better than his SNL performance. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Um, okay. 
All right, Joe. Well, uh, what are we doing? Uh, what are we doing next time? Uh, I'm just picking an album that I'm not super familiar with, but like I know a lot of people give it a critical acclaim. But I just I I figured why not since we have this uh, this uh, platform to talk a bunch of bullshit. Uh, next album we're gonna do is number one record by Big Star. Number one record by Big Star, huh? Yeah, Big Star, Alex Chilton's uh, band in the 70s. Alex Chilton was also part of uh, the Box Tops. He wrote the song The Letter. Oh, all right. Big uh, Big Star wrote the song Down the Street, which was covered by Cheap Trick for the intro to that 70s show. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I figured uh, we'll give Big Star a shot. I'm looking forward to that. I Yes, I, I'm excited for that one. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Um, all right. Oh, and I found the movie that I'm thinking of of Steven Skulls was Mark for Death. That's the one I was thinking of, where he fights Screwface. Yes, there's a villain named Screwface. <laughs> oh, so you recommend that, but not a three-time platinum. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, no, no I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm sticking by my guns on this one. I'm sticking by my guns on this one. Nope. Nope. I, I, nope. Nope, I just I I I I I cannot. It again. I'm not the audience for it. If you are the audience for it, go for it. But I just again, I think with the country, with the club, with the ballads, with this, I just think there's too much inconsistency there. Where, um, you know, I mean, it's it's good for what it is in those particular genres, but mixing it all together and sitting down and listening to the album as a whole. It's I, I didn't enjoy the experience. Um, I didn't enjoy the experience, but I, I'm not going to lie. I love Miley's voice. I recognize her as an incredibly talented um, musician and artist. Um, there's like I said, you know, there's some great, great, great stuff on here, but you've heard it. You've heard it. You've heard it. <laughs> Bold choice there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Bold choice, Scott, and we'll see how it plays out for you. <laughs> we'll see how that plays out for you. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Joe, do you want to take us out? Oh, not after that. <laughs> <laughs>